Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. Oh, by the way, I wanted to talk a little bit about the flood in southeastern Kentucky. Have you heard about that? I have. It's terrible. People uh, lost lives, homes, a mess, a very big mess out there. Well, you know, the uh, the left and the, the environmentalists are saying this is all climate change. And so I went and researched to see how many floods Kentucky has had over the years. <laughs> and the biggest flood was in January, February of 1937. Uh, the Ohio River overtook a good part of Louisville and chased almost 200,000 people out of town. So uh, that's that's the big one there. And then the rain record was in 1997. Uh, there was a big flood in 1945, and the Ohio River got up to 4th Street. Uh, the great winter flood of December 1978, which I was around for, in Frankfurt, uh, the city of Frankfurt, which is the capital of Kentucky, was cut off. And uh, then in 1913, there was another record uh, rainfall for the state, and uh, that caused some major flooding. So we also had a big flood in 64 and in 89. Now, I remember the one in 64 because uh, I was still in school, and you couldn't you couldn't get down to the river, to the river road. I mean, you, you were like, 15 or 20 blocks away from it, the water came up so high. And so uh, there was also big floods in 1883. And so this is in 1884, heavy rains and flooding too. So th- this is not new, um, Ken. And, and I'm, I'm not quite sure how we got to the point where every climactic event is now due to global warming caused by humanoids. And not that I'm opposed to getting off of fossil fuel, as you know. I mean, when we burn fossil fuel, as I've explained before, the, the byproducts are carbon dioxide and water. And we got plenty of water. I don't think we need any more water. We need to impound it and redistribute it properly, but I don't think we need to uh, produce uh, any more water. With You know how water got to the planet to begin with, Ken. I believe that was um, comets. Yeah, comets. You got it, buddy. And, and also when you burn fossil fuel, carbon-based fuel, uh, including sugar, glucose in our blood and our bodies, we give off water and carbon dioxide. So, and water is the biggest uh, greenhouse, most offensive greenhouse gas. So any rate, I don't have a problem with getting off of fossil fuel, but let's not blame everything on that. I, I saw a research paper from, uh, where was it? I think it was Sydney or Melbourne, one of the uh, one of the one of the universities down in Australia, and they were doing research on uh, what ended uh, ice ages, and it's the tilting of the axis of the Earth, which is really kind of fascinating. But apparently, the Earth wobbles, and so it goes as it spins around. It also wobbles, and so it moves. The poles rotate back and forth a little bit. And uh, when the Earth is more, the northern pole is more pointed towards the sun, we have more ice melting. And this is not new. 
this is this has been going on for for hundreds of millions of years and they have been able to trace this back using uh, radioisotopes and seabed sediment and even stalagmites and uh, you know the the things that hang down in caves uh, they've been able to to use those to uh, gauge ice ages and and so I don't think there's anything really earth shaking going on, but you would think it was the end of the world. I thought we were going to end in 2011 because of global warming, but we didn't. So I guess we have to pick a new date, Ken. 2040. That's the new date. 2040 is the new 2040, date. 2040. I was just reading about this over the weekend. <laughs> 2040. MIT did a, did a study back in the 70s. They, you know, put in every conceivable climate and military and all, all kinds of uh, different scenarios that the world would end. And, and then the answer came out 2040. And now some scientists have gone back to that study to try to disprove it. And they say, no, that looks pretty good. 2040 is the end. So that's it. All right. So if you got to do anything, hurry up and get it done. <laughs> don't take out any really long loans. No, don't take out long loans, get some short term loans. And, uh, or maybe you should, what do we care? Well, I'll be dead. So Paying well, off yeah. a loan is going to be one of my, you know, not really a priority with me at that point. Well, you should spend that cash in a hurry, though. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, by the way, uh, you better get out and see the Grand Canyon because it's going to be gone in 50 million years. So hurry up and get out there before. Oh, 50 million, huh? Okay. 50 million, yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> what are you going to do? At any rate, so, uh, you know, I told you I sold the building. But I'm, we're leasing back. We're going to stay there. And nice group of people, a nice group of doctors, uh, from what I can tell, they said, well, we're not going to be that busy. And as you know, we have a huge office, Ken. It's like 5,000 square feet, the x-ray lab and everything else, ultrasound. One-stop shop. That's right. Your one-stop body shop. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we'll fix dents if you need it. <laughs> I got plenty of those. Yeah, I got a couple, too. And uh, so at any rate, they wanted three or four exam rooms and I said sure and you know I had so much junk in there so the last several days I've been cleaning out and mopping and dusting and moving furniture around and getting exam tables set up and I'm going to go in and hang some pictures today in the uh, in the exam rooms because over the years as we skinnied down the practice a lot of these rooms just became uh, storage areas. <laughs> I think I found a dead roach from 1949 in there, but I'm not sure. He didn't have a date on it, but I'm guessing he'd been there a while. At any rate, we've got uh, we've got to get this straightened up, and uh, I'm looking forward to having some other doctors in the building. It'd be nice to have someone other than me and my wife give me a little buffer from her. <laughs> <laughs> any rate, they've got a they've got a. a MBA that's their practice manager and he owns part of the practice and uh, I'm thinking hell maybe I can get him to take my practice on I'll send her I'll give her the boot <laughs> <laughs> what do you think is that wrong <laughs> I, uh, well yes I would say it's wrong <laughs> I don't, I get, sometimes she sees me so yes it's wrong yeah okay yeah well I'll let her stay then just for you because I know you you'd rather look at her than me oh course. no no not at all <laughs> You're a handsome man, Doc. She, she is a little cutie, I'll say that. No, she's, she's great. My, she really is. She's my little pistol. <laughs> I love her to death. She had me doing some breathing exercises that I still do every day. So, 
Does it help? Do you do it between cigarettes? That's right. I try to squeeze them in between smokes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, here's the thing. Do you take a daytime nap? That's what. Yes, I, I do. Okay. Well, you know, there was a study that came out of Cleveland Clinic not too long ago. And uh, this one doctor said he correlated an increase in, in dementia with daytime napping. Now, it wasn't a very, really good study. and The confounders were not well explained, and it doesn't really tell you whether or not these people were pre-dementia or that they ha- already had mild dementia and that they were napping because that's part of the dementia uh, process. But I looked at some studies from years ago. There's three or four studies out there that have been done on daytime napping. And it actually says that um, a short nap is favorable for consolidation of procedural memory. So you say, what is procedural memory? Well, I'm going to tell you. Procedural memory is uh, the memory you have for motor skills. And then uh, cognitive memory is a memory you have for, like, uh, directions and names and dates. And so they looked at both of these, and the procedural skills really did benefit uh, from, from a short nap, you know, 30 to 60 minutes. And apparently stage two sleep is where we, we process and, and uh, work out the procedural memory. So the difference between procedural and cognitive memory is, uh, you may not have ridden a bike for several years, Ken, but you could jump on it. And if you had learned as a kid, you would just automatically know how to ride that bike without even thinking about it. Sure, you're just a little rusty. You bounce back and you're fine. Yeah, yeah. It's just a little coordination and it's it's subliminal. It's not really uh, in your conscious brain. It's, it's something that is subconscious. It's kind of like hunger and thirst. These are... The functions that we call vegetative functions and motor skills are kind of related in the brain to that. But now cognitive skills are, you remember how to ride your bike just automatically, and so you ride to the park. But the directions to the park, now that's cognitive. So you have to have a, a two separate parts of the brain that function for you to jump on your bike and ride to the park. You got it? Absolutely. All right, so that's the story here. Now, what about uh, half night versus a whole night's sleep? You know, I get a lot of patients that come in and they say, I'm only sleeping five hours a night. Of course, that's baloney because a lot of them are taking two-hour naps during the day. So they're actually getting seven to eight hours sleep a day. They just don't want to count that daytime nap, and they want to stay asleep at night longer. And so there was a study done, and it looked at whether or not uh, an actual half a night's sleep uh, affected that motor memory, those motor skills, uh, compared to a full night's sleep. No, it didn't. There was no difference as long as you got stage two sleep in there. And there's different stages of sleep. There's REM sleep and there's stage four and all these. And I'm not a sleep expert, but suffice it to say that you don't need a whole night's sleep to be highly functional and to remember the motor skills that you need to get through the day, like if you're a carpenter or a doctor doing procedures or uh, Ken at the the, uh, switchboard there who keeps forgetting which buttons to push. (laughs) (laughs) Well, sometimes I nap. 
Sometimes he naps while he's at the control panel. That's right. So, you know, lay my head down on a button and, you know, you go off the air. Yeah, which is good because when he wakes up, he remembers, oh, crap, Handelman's still on. i got to go to another show. No, I find your show absolutely stimulating. I love your show. I wouldn't miss it even if I were just sitting out there in a car somewhere. I would be listening to it. That's how much I enjoy listening to you tell me things. I think you're kind of cute, too. <laughs> now, I nap about 45 minutes a day. Now, I have, uh, I'm a glutton for punishment, so I have two jobs. And in between, I take a little nap. But I get about five hours overnight, and I always feel fine. So I'm doing okay then, right? I think so. And I sleep about five to seven hours a night, and then I take a nap in the afternoon. Um, now, I do take my antidepressant, which probably uh, helps me sleep a little bit more than I would normally because before antidepressants, I only slept five or six hours a night. Now I do about, I'm going to say about seven, and I'm up. And then a 30 to 60-minute nap in the afternoon. When the wife will let me, you know, I have to get <laughs> What are you doing? Get up. We've got work. There's patience. Oh, my God. <laughs> so Now, that changes with age, correct? I mean, how much sleep you need. When I was a teenager, I used to have to sleep all the time for some reason. Well, I, I think when you're an adolescent and you're, you hit puberty, there's a lot of uh, hormonal changes that go on and growth spurts and yeah, you do need more sleep as a teenager, uh, but uh, as an adult, I mean, I've been, by the way, I've been napping since I was a baby in the afternoon, and I have gotten in so much trouble. Um, I've gotten in trouble at school. When I was in my residency and fellowship, I got yelled at by the chief resident. Uh, Handelman, you're sleeping through the through the lecture. And I said, well, it's, it's one o'clock. I've eaten. It's nap time. You know? <laughs> this is a wonderful place to nap because this guy's boring this crap. <laughs> and uh, so she, she kind of left me alone. She said, just don't snore. I said, well, if I snore, just nudge me. <laughs> oh God, I can't help myself sometimes. I'm just terrible. <laughs> now the, Me- the Mexican siesta is time tested, you know? Yeah, and I think that uh, I think that a, a short nap is a good thing during the day, and you'll you'll wake up refreshed, and you will also uh, uh, have a little better motor function, so that if you do want to jump on your bicycle and ride, you're going to be more likely not to fall uh, than if you had taken it taken a bike ride without your nap. So that's always a good thing, and I, I think I've always admired dogs for their ability. Because when I wake up, I don't care what time of day it is or how long I've slept. It's it's kind of you're kind of groggy for a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. Dogs, on the other hand, can go from a dead sleep to 100 percent in the blink of an eye, and I've always admired that about the species. I digress a little bit here, but I just want to get that in for dogs everywhere. <laughs> well, and yeah, and I, and I think that dogs need a little nap too. That's uh, all my dog does. Well, time is is irrelevant, I'm sure, to your dog. Um, but, uh, I would guess that that's because they have to be hyper alert, uh, for hunting and, and defense. And of course we don't have to do that because we've got the U S army and the Navy and the air force around us. So we're speaking we're, of the, speaking of defense doc, we have the captain on the phone. He's chiming in here today. Should we bring him in? Oh yeah. We always let the captain in captain. You there? I am there. Hey, listen, doc, you better be careful and tread lightly on this nap and stuff. The firefighters and police rely on the power naps they take. If you don't believe me, go to a fire station and look at all those recliners sitting there. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a it's a, a thing that's done. It's it, because we we you never can get our sleep, okay? Never, and that's the way we do it. Yeah, you got a power nap. Yeah. And, and you know when you when you're training as a as a doctor, if you're in a tough residency like internal medicine or general surgery, you better learn how to power nap. Uh, especially when you're on call or you're going to be miserable because, you know, you may be up and down all night admitting patients or doing surgery or procedures. And so it's, it's certainly important. Uh, but, uh, I love it. I've got a recliner in the office, by the way, I bought it at, uh, <laughs> at Salvation Army years ago for 75 bucks, you know, sprayed it for lice and everything. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, but yeah, when is, we can't find the doc, we just look for the chair. You just look, yeah, the wife's got a little sensor on that thing, so she knows when I'm <laughs> reclining that she should come back there and pester me. She's got the recliner alert. Captain, uh, you're one of the Captain, you're one of the busiest people I know. Uh do you, do you nap a lot? Yes, I do. I take cat naps uh in, in the afternoon sometimes and in the evening sometimes. You bet I do. Yeah, because you're on all night pretty much, so that's right. After ten o'clock all bets are off. Hmm. Well, you know, the but, last but before then, of, but before then, yep, half an hour here, 30, 45 minutes there, that sort of thing. You bet. All right. Last, last three times I was in the station, uh, Ken, uh, there was the captain with his feet up asleep. So I can attest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I get comfortable. Trust me. No, I believe you. I believe you. All right. Keep up the good work, captain. Doc. And I want to see the American flag out in front of your place, even though you sold it. Well, we've still got those little flags on our on our LED sign. So, uh, and I'm, these guys are very nice. I think that we'll just work in uh, their advertising right into the PowerPoint uh, that I have on my LED now. And we also have, by the way, we have the Canadian maple leaf on the big sign that's been out there yep. for 20 years. So, uh, we we honor both flags. Of course, the United States is is number one. And the Canadians, a lot of them want to be Americans. They want to come down here and live. I told them what that, ex that, that explains why I see your clients coming in the door with hockey sticks. Yep. <laughs> I got a bunch. <laughs> of, there are a whole bunch of mother puckers that come in there. <laughs> okay. All right. All listen, right have, guys. A, have a great show. Have a great show, Doc. And I'll wave as I go by on Wednesday. All right, buddy. We'll see you then. Thanks yeah. for chopping in. Thanks, Captain. Catch the Captain every morning, two to six, right here. Yeah, he's he's the man. Yeah, great guy. Uh, what I, you know, half, I think half the truckers in the country listen to him as they're driving across at night. So. Yeah, there aren't a lot of radio stations anymore that have those overnight trucking shows. So no, no, I mean, he he has people call in from all over the country, and you, you know, with the uh, with the Sirius SM, FM and and all the other. Uh, technological innovations in, in radio and broadcasting. You can get anything anywhere. This is pretty much absolutely yeah. certain. Yeah. Yeah. With your computer, you can, I mean, you can get online and you can see me. And I've had people say, well, I went back and looked at your show, Doc, from, you know, 2021. I'm like, really? Yeah. I said, yeah, it's easy. You just go to the station or go to your website and click on the uh, vault or whatever, and you can pick up any show you want. Yeah, I know. When you put something on the internet, it's usually there pretty much forever. Yeah, pretty much. Um, at any rate, so that's napping. So napping is good, and it doesn't really matter 
uh, if you're healthy otherwise, whether you sleep five hours or eight hours a night, uh, you're going to come out with the same uh, motor skills and ability to function. And by the way, caffeine does not impart the uh, the cognitive memory that so many people think think it does. Now, I'm not sure that I believe that. This is a research project because I've used caffeine over the decades to to study, and uh, there are some studies that show that you know to study medicine or whatever. And there's some research studies that have shown that uh, caffeine does enhance your ability to take an exam. I don't know which is correct, whether it does or does not. Uh, but uh, these studies do say that I looked at that caffeine does not have the same effect as a power nap. So there you go, Ken. Well, I'll uh, take the nap anytime. Yeah, anytime. And so uh, speaking of napping, I was uh, dreaming about the climate changes and whether or not we're really responsible and how quickly can we uh, go from fossil fuel to electricity. And by the way, I don't know how we're going to generate that much electricity without using some fossil fuel. Uh, until we find better technology, since the left wing is not going to embrace nuclear power. But you, did you know that the internal combustion engine, the develop, development of it began in the 18th century, in the, eight, in the 1790s? Did you know that? I did not realize that. And that the first actual uh, working combustion, internal combustion engine, was in the 1850s, and it was made by an American. Now, there have been a lot of people over the 19th and 20th century that have worked on the internal combustion engine. And the reason that this thing is so popular, that's what our gas engines are, they're internal combustion engines, is because it's so efficient. You know, you get so much power out of a teaspoon of gasoline, and you're not going to get that out of the wind or solar power, at least not at this stage of development. Um, so it, it's really uh, it's really been... Uh, a godsend, and uh, it's it's changed our lives in so many ways. But the guy that invented this uh, internal combustion engine back in the 1850s, he made a turbine with it. And you know what a turbine is. It's a machine that uh, a wheel is turned by um, internal combustion engine or wind or water. So, you know, water mills in the old days, you had a water mill if you had a, a factory of any kind. So let's say you had a milling factory and you were milling uh, wheat into flour. You had to have some way to turn those big uh, those big grindstones. And in the old days, it was done with animals walking around in a circle, hitched up to um, to masts that were on top of the wheel that would turn that way. And then someone figured out gears and figured out uh, how to use water to to turn a, a water mill, and you've seen those, Ken, you know, they look like a big paddle wheel. Uh, and that is what turned the mechanisms and that was geared. And then that would turn the grindstone and, and then you could throw your wheat in there and you could make flour. So what this guy did is he said, well, why don't we use an internal combustion engine to turn the, the wheel, the turbine? Now we use uh, water and wind to turn turbines to create electricity. That's what a dam, a hydroelectric dam does, is it turns uh, the uh, 
the rotors, uh, uh, which then are geared to these big turbines, and electricity is produced by moving a magnet around a coil of copper. And so that will stimulate the copper to give up its uh, electrons. And now we have the wind turbines, you know, those big humongous things uh, that are all over the place in certain parts of the country. Uh, and the wind turns those, and then that will turn the turbine and generate electricity too. I don't know how efficient those things are, Ken, but uh, they're getting more and more popular, especially in, if you go to California and you come over the hill out of San Francisco to head uh, east, all of a sudden there's hundreds and hundreds of these huge turbines cranking away. And they're noisy. I don't know if any uh, people, I've talked to people who live near them, and they are noisy. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, the wind isn't, the wind's noisy, and then you got a big geared mechanism. Those things are huge. Yeah. They're huge. So at any rate, then the internal combustion engine was developed, uh, as you know, by various people over the past uh, 150 years, and uh, Daimler and Benz got together, and uh, <clears throat> different people in England and the United States, and then Henry Ford figured out how to mass produce internal combustion engines, and that that's the story. And it, it took from 1850 to what 1900, 1905, 1910 for us to build the infrastructure uh, for gasoline engines to be uh, affordable, efficient. Uh, of course, you had to have the roads, and so there's a lot of infrastructure that goes into changing the type of energy that we rely upon, from water wheels and windmills to uh, combustion engines and now to electric engines. And Well, by the way, there was a guy that actually made a combustion engine back in the 1790s burning hydrogen, and that is supposed to be uh, a really good way to uh, create energy and combustion without polluting because all that's given off supposedly is, is uh, water. Hydrogen and oxygen is water, H2O, right? You remember that from school? That's right. But remember, <laughs> water is the number one uh, uh, greenhouse gas. So somebody explained to me how that's going to work. I don't think it matters what we do. We're going to pollute the huge numbers of us, whether we use electric battery cells or gasoline or uh, hydrogen, there's going to be some pollution that we're going to have to address. So uh, I think that we should stop and think about what we're doing before we rush headlong into another uh, energy crisis that is going to cause us to have to stop and reflect and again, reassess whether electricity is the way to go, whether batteries are the way to go. We just have to get to 2040, Doc, and that's it. Well, yeah, if we can get to 2040. And by the way, I did, I told you I did buy an electric car. I got that Hyundai Ionic 5, and I love that thing. I just love it. And I put in my own own charging station in in my garage and popped off the panel on the the, um, main breakers and took out a 30 amp and put in a 50 amp breaker and pulled wire and did it all by myself. Oh boy, that was fun. And now I just come home every, every week, 10 days, kick the old lady out of the garage, park my car in there and plug it in and wake up in the morning. I'm fully charged. Excellent. Fresh. Just like having a nap. And, <laughs> and you know, speaking you know, of naps, 
what would really refresh me right now? A nap? A, a, a little power nap. You think a little we could, power nap, okay. You think we could take a, a minute or two break here? We can, but I want to ask a question before we leave. Well, that's the most important thing. By the way, the guy that won last week, um, I don't know why the wife has done something to the postage meter in the office. So your, your mugs will get there. They're going to be a little late. I've got them all packaged up. So hang tight. Who was that? I forget his name. Um, I can't remember either. But whoever you are, your mug's on the way. Your oh. mug's on the way. All right. Four, two, Dr. Bill, your Radio MD coffee mugs. First person with the correct answer at 877-969-8600. That's 877-969-8600. 877-969-8600. First person with the correct answer wins. Now, it's a simple yes, uh, simple good or bad. Are naps good for you or are naps bad for you? If you've been listening, you know the answer. First correct answer at 877-969-8600. That is today's question here with the doc, and we'll talk to you in a little bit, doc. Hello. <laughs> Wake up, doc. I'll be right back. <laughs> Here's the latest from the Answer News Center. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has confirmed she will visit four Asian countries this week, but is no longer making mention of a possible stop in Taiwan that has enraged China, which claims the island as its own territory. Pelosi says she's leading a congressional delegation to Singapore, Malaysia, South Korea, and Japan to discuss trade, the COVID-19 pandemic, and a variety of other issues. Wildfires fed by windy and hot conditions growing dramatically this weekend in California and Montana. Evacuation orders in place for over 100 homes. In Northern California, the fast-moving McKinney Fire tore across an estimated 28 square miles just yesterday. And thousands of followers of an influential Shiite cleric have stormed into Iraq's parliament to protest government formation efforts led by their rivals. This is SRN News. AM860, The Answer. Listen on our website, theanswertampa.com, on 100.3 FM, W229DJ, by downloading The Answer Tampa app or on TuneIn or Odyssey. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full-service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of CanCare, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. With social distancing and sheltering in place, telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical, home of CanCare Clinic, offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an office visit. Schedule an appointment at 727 384 6411-727-384-6411. When it's time for your appointment, type this web address into your cell phone or computer web browser, doxy.me forward slash Bay Area Med. A cell phone works well and is all you really need. For computers, you need a web camera and speakers. We'll give you this address when you call for your appointment. We accept most insurances and travel insurances. Canadians and visitors, please call your travel insurance company for an authorization number prior to the visit. Co-pays and deductibles apply. Self-pay rates are available. Just ask. We accept credit cards, PayPal, and Stripe. 
right, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. My friends at St. Pete MRI and Sleep Diagnostics are your best choice for state-of-the-art MRI, CT, and sleep studies. Quality unsurpassed. 25 years experience makes St. Pete MRI my go-to imaging center. Self-pay rates are competitive and out-of-pocket cost a fraction of a hospital. Conveniently accessible from both sides of the bay at 750 94th Avenue North, St. Pete, near the Gandhi, 727-577-2220, 727-577-2220. The latest from AccuWeather at the top and bottom of the hour, only on AM860, The Answer. Mostly sunny and hot today. Caution advised if outside for extended periods of time with a high 95. Mainly clear tonight with a low of 81. Partly sunny tomorrow and seasonably hot with a high of 93. Plan with confidence. Download the redesigned AccuWeather app today. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Gregory Patrick for AM860, The Answer. show here. Um, I had to wake up from my nap. Sorry. <laughs> Ken had to hit the music a few times to remind me. Yo, Doc, you there? <laughs> it's not over yet. <laughs> well, I got to get my, my money's worth. You know, I got to pay for the airtime, so I should do the second half, I guess. You might as um, well. We're here, you know. Yeah. And did you hear the news? The, were you listening to the news? You know, the, the Pelosi was going to go to Taiwan, but now she's backing down. I guess the administration has uh, has begged her not to do that because they don't want to inflame the Chinese. And and uh, General Wu, who is the uh, he's the China's defense minister, he said there'd be severe, dire consequences. And they've said this over and over, and uh, that the United States should not be involved in uh, helping Taiwan become an independent country. It belongs to China. So. Uh, I think that they would not do anything militarily in terms of attacking, but they certainly said they would surround the island with their with their boats and their planes and everything. And I was like, well, what the hell? You know, good for show anyway. Yeah. But she's and not going now. No, she says she's not going now, according to uh, the news broadcast I just heard. Right. So, at any rate, and the Chinese are now talking about the uh, American invasion of of Asia back in 1950 with the Korean War, and then they said they had to step in because we were uh, threatening to come into their territory, which uh, I think MacArthur should have done, but <laughs> Truman wouldn't let him. At any rate, the Democrats, they always back down until somebody comes here and bombs us, and then they got no choice, buddy. So, do we have a winner yet? Anybody calling in? We do. It's just arriving in the studio now. All right. Hot off the press. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a Ked. K-E-D. Ked. That's the first name. Mm -hmm. From uh, Safety Harbor. Nakanga, I think. Ked Nakanga. From uh, Safety Harbor, from what I'm getting here. So, that's a way to go, Ked. 
You got it, kid. You had the right answer. And the answer was, or uh, the question was, uh, is a nap good or bad for you, Doc? It is good for me. That's right. It's good for me, too. So, yeah, on it's your way. Good for me. Good for you. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> We're sending two. Dr. Bill, you're a Radio MD coffee mugs on the way. So, watch your mail for those. As soon as I can get the wife to turn the postage meter back on, so I can <laughs> put <laughs> some stamps. Oh, Jesus. Just... And thanks to everybody who called and tried to win. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, now we've got this uh, Inflation Reduction Act. Have you heard about this, Ken? The uh, bill that Manchin has made a deal on, he was opposed to this initially, but I guess it's been scaled back, and he went to the Wharton Business School at UPenn where he uh, gets his information, and he asked them to do a study and see if it was inflationary or not because, of course, the Republicans are saying if you pump more money out, you're going to increase inflation. Well, the Wharton Business School said it's slightly inflationary for the first two to three years, and then after that, it's neutral. Um, but the thing is, is this uh, will fund Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, and expand it for three years. And, of course, the Democrats want to expand it for a full 10-year course, which would uh, actually be more inflationary. And as you remember, Ken, uh, our insurance rates for for private insurance, and also Medicare uh, rates went up uh, when the Affordable Care Act came in, as I said back in 2008 and nine On this show, I said this is just an expansion of Medicaid, and it's going to push up the cost of medicine for all of us. Now, on the positive side, the uh, bill does uh, give Medicare the power to negotiate with uh, drug companies and drug vendors to get the drugs cheaper. And this really is not that big of a deal, even though it sounds like it, because generics are already so cheap, Ken. I mean, you'd be shocked at how little we pay for the medicines that we have in our office. It just is, is not that expensive. But now there are a few things that are expensive. The newer drugs, uh, the monoclonal antibodies, uh, some of the migraine medications, uh, some of the cancer medications, these are all very expensive because they're still on patent and they won't be off for, you know, a decade or two. So that might have some positive effect there, but 99% of the people that need medications, they get it. They get it uh, either through uh, assistance from the drug companies or from, you know, they go take your kid with cancer to St. Jude's and everything's free. I mean, there's plenty of resources around. So this might be more uh, showcasing and window dressing than any real uh, benefit to the public in terms of lowering the cost of, of medicine. I think that this bill is going to push up insurance rates. Uh, and uh, so that'll offset any any breaks you might get from lower drug prices. Uh, I, you know, that, that that's just my theory, my, my, my take on it. And, and, you know, the states that have the highest uh, jump in, in, in their inflation are Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Louisiana. Guess what those states make? Pharmaceuticals? They're the oil states. Oh, okay. That's right. Northeast is pharmaceuticals. Yeah, the, the Northeast is the pharmaceuticals. They're the oil states, you know, so... Their inflationary rate has been tremendous because not only have they had to uh, pay more for everything like all of us, 
but they've also seen a big drop in their in their income from their 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 oil business. So what's in this bill anyway? Well, let me see if I can find that for you. I had that up here. Where did I put that? Oh, by the way, uh, Senator Sinema from Arizona. Yeah, right. she can scuttle the whole thing. She says she may want to change the Schumer Mansion deal, and she's not happy. Well, I, I guess not, because I would think that Arizona is, if, if not purple, leaning red, and she might want to hold on to her seat or else get something out of it. I'm sure that uh, Manchin got something for West Virginia out of it. Maybe he'll, he'll be able to mine some more coal for a while. Probably. It's a big coal country, yeah. Oh, yeah. So her, uh, her stance is, is getting the Democrats all nervous and upset, and she doesn't like secret deals. And so she's saying, well, you and, you know, Biden, not Biden, but uh, Schumer and Manchin cut this secret deal without telling me and without telling the Republicans. And so now the Republicans, uh, apparently it's a voterama. Have you ever heard that term? A what? A voterama? Yeah, this is a procedure that the Senate has that if the bill goes to the floor, anybody can add on uh, uh, a rider to the bill. Uh, as long as it's germane to the bill. So now the Republicans are saying, no problem there. We'll we'll put in some poison pills. We'll put in some riders that are germane to the bill that the Democrats are just not going to want to vote for. And so they'll turn some of the Democrats that way. This thing's not a done deal, Ken. It no, not, not at all. No. And, you know, all the ballyhoo about, uh, about this uh, from the liberal press is... is just that so far, it's a lot of ballyhoo. So what has this thing got in it? Let me tell you, it's going to impose a 15% corporate minimum tax rate for companies with higher than $1 billion annual revenues. So that's supposed to be $313 billion that it's going to raise prescription drug or, or that's going to hopefully bring into the uh, IRS prescription drug price reform to lower prices, including Medicare negotiations. 288 billion uh, that's revenue increased tax enforcement 124 billion narrow the uh, carried interest loophole on uh, on overdue taxes 14 billion that's supposed to bring in and by the way they're going to put 80 billion 80 billion into the IRS to get more agents and more audits <laughs> uh, you know th- this is uh, I mean, most of us are honest, and we pay our taxes. Come on, what are they going to do, chase uh, Uber drivers around town and and waiters and waitresses and say, hey, you're holding out on us, dude. You know, like you can make a whole lot of money. That is who they come after. They come after us because ours are easy. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you go after a billionaire, and he's going to hire a billion lawyers. He's already hired them to hide it. You know, just finding it is a chore. You don't even have to hide it. That's already there in the tax bill. I mean, plus if you if you don't want to pay taxes, you just take your business offshore. Exactly. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's plenty of ways to get around this, but well, that's why they come for you and me. That's what those extra. Yeah, we're easy. Yeah. So, any rate, so what's it going to spend money on? Uh, American Rescue Plan Act, uh, three more years of the Affordable Care, sixty-four billion. Addressing domestic energy security and climate change, three hundred and sixty-nine billion. 
deficit reduction, $306 billion. And by the way, if they extend Obamacare out, the uh, deficit reduction is going to be uh, much smaller than $300 billion. It's going to be like $60, $70 billion, which is pocket change nowadays. Pocket change. And so I don't know, Ken. What, what are these people really thinking, or is this just all? Uh... What is an election coming up? Yeah, it's an election year, and uh, I think it's also uh, a possibility that they really and truly think they're doing something meaningful for the country. And I told you the story, I think I told you last week, about the young uh, left-wingers in FDR's cabinet. That uh, Did I tell you about this? Uh, a little bit, yeah, I remember. Yeah, you did. And you know, FDR said, we got to have somebody to build our B-24s, our big bombers. That's right. And so he he went to Ford and GM and said, you guys want to do this? GM said, yeah, we'll do it. And his left-wingers came to him and said, why didn't you give it to a Democrat? These guys are all Republicans on the board of, of GM. He said, we don't know how to build anything. <laughs> <laughs> we know how to spend money, not make it. <laughs> we don't create jobs. We don't create jobs. We, 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 we just levy taxes. We, we take tax money and uh, and make it look like we're doing something. So, And, you know, he had told his guys when they came to him in the late 30s, and they said, what happened to the New Deal? He said it didn't work in 38 and 39. He said, we're getting ready for war. We're going to war, guys. And sure enough, in 41, we were at war. And it took FDR three or four years to get the country ready emotionally and intellectually for war because, you know, the country was very anti-war in the 30s. I mean, we were isolationists. We did not want to go into another European war. So that's the story, Ken. And uh, the takeaway is uh, that uh, this is not going to reduce inflation. It's going to actually increase it minimally for the next two or three years. So I I guess we go from 7.5 to 7.75 or 8% or whatever. And you say, well, that's not a big deal. It's not a big deal to you and me. Because we're at that age and stage of life where most everything we have is paid off, cars, homes, so on and so forth. But, you know, for the young people, this is a big deal. This is a big deal. Of course, they're going to get, hopefully, uh, some help with their medical bills because most of the people that are on Obamacare are either chronically ill and not on on Medicare or they're Medicaid people and uh, people who are not at that income level where they can get Medicaid, but don't have enough income to pay six, eight, ten thousand dollars in insurance a year, this this is going to be a godsend for them. Although their deductibles are still high, but you know, you can if you don't have any money, you can, you can always negotiate your way out of it and just say, well, you can't squeeze blood out of a stone. And if you don't have the money, what are you going to do? That's Nothing. true. Yeah. We file for bankruptcy. Yep. But what this will do is it's going to push up the prices of, of, of energy and gasoline and oil-based products and electricity. And I see where Duke Energy actually increased their uh, electric cost recently. I guess the cost of the natural gas has gone up and, uh, of course, the cost of operation and wages and all that. So now they're charging you and me more, Ken. Of course. They always do. It always comes back to you and me, Doc. Yep. So make no mistake, this is not going to be a pretty thing for for you and me, buddy boy. And for all you guys out there, I think you're going to see the similar results. And 
if they audit me again, oh, well, take it all. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what am I going to do anyway? I'm, I don't know. It, it, something's bad wrong here. How did we get to this point? Um, because people don't vote. That's why. And I, if, also, could you imagine the, this country where everybody actually voted all the time? Well, it'd be like India where they had 90% turnout, uh, but uh, I don't think that they even speak the same language in one state to another. You know, their official language now is, is uh, I think it's Hindi, and their unofficial language is English. And they had this big debate when they became independent, should we adopt English as our national language or Hindi? Because every state had a different different language. Did you know that? So no, that's not no way to run a country, Doc. No, uh, you know, and, uh, and they lambasted the British, but if it wasn't for the British, they wouldn't be a United Nation, one country now. So at any rate, so they now have a national language, and they have a second language, which is English, and most people speak some English. And uh, depending on what part of the country you're from, you may or not may or may not be able to understand what they're saying. You know, the accents are still kind of heavy, but uh, and I have to still with my friends in the lunchroom, I have to have them repeat things at times. With these stupid masks, it's been even worse. I tell you. So, I was talking earlier in the show about this study out of the University of Melbourne, and revealed that ice ages over the last million years ended when the tilt angle of the Earth axis was approaching high values. So I guess the more we tilt towards the sun, uh, and is, is this global warming, is it really our fault? Are we really adding that much to it? I don't know, Ken. I don't know what the axis of the Earth is right now, but uh, I'm not, I'm not uh, convinced yet. We'll see what happens. I'm not convinced either. I think that... Uh, it's, it's going to be a, a difficult few years if this bill passes, uh, unless the Republicans can get control of the House and the Senate and undo some of this, but still they'll need somebody in the White House who will sign the bill. And you know that if they undo all that, uh, that uh, Biden wants done, he's not going to sign any bills to, to re- redo or undo those things. I don't think, do you? No, I don't believe that would happen, no. no. <laughs> and so... Uh, is the Biden White House going to undergo a shakeup over this? I mean, uh, is he caving in to the left too much and his constituency is dwindling and uh, a lot of the people running for the House and Senate on the Democratic side don't want him campaigning for them or with them? Did you know that? Well, with his approval ratings, I can understand that, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and then when they ask people... Uh, when they asked the Democrats, do you think Joe Biden should run in 24? And they said, well, I'm, I'm busy with my own campaign. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I can't comment on that right now. I haven't looked at that. And you ask people on the street, and most Democrats, they don't want him to run again. I, uh, I don't know if it's the policies or uh, his uh, presentation, um, his obvious dementia and Parkinson's disease. I, I don't know the root cause of it all, but certainly uh, the inflation and, and the, uh, the cost of energy and the shortages of different things that have been so widely publicized. I don't know how much 
real impact it's had on the living standards of the United States, but certainly for those young people and those who aren't making much money, it has an impact. Uh, but uh, I think that these things are, are real concerns and problems of the everyday person. Whether they fully understand the economics or not is, is uh, another story, but I don't think you have to be an economic genius to realize that gas prices have almost doubled in the past couple of years. So what does that mean? I mean, you still got to go to work. You still got to, what do they want us to do? They all want us to take buses and uh, rapid transit. And, and, you know, they've got all these buses going up and down the streets of St. Petersburg, Florida, and they're empty. They're empty. Nobody's going to take them. They're just not going to use these buses. And they took uh, First Avenue North and South, which run from downtown out to the beach, uh, and they put in uh, a bus lane, and they put in all these bus stops and these big concrete uh, sitting areas. And you know what they're going to be good for? The bums will, will have it. <laughs> napping, <laughs> napping. And we bring it napping. back to napping at the end of the it show. Back to napping. That's <laughs> when the show comes full circle. Full circle. That's right, Doc. I, did I tell you, I, I was pulling out of the driveway at the office, uh, I think it was Wednesday. There's a bum laying under the tree. I mean, he's got his uh, his tarp spread out and his pillow and all of his life, his earthly goods right there. I'm like, dude, this is private property. Get your butt off my property. Well, it's not my property anymore, but he didn't know that. <laughs> any rate, you know, what is this? We're just making more shelters for bums and... Uh, we're not really doing anything. You know what also is they use the bus stops for dealing drugs. Did you know that? That I had not noticed, no. Yeah, they, they, I was talking with, with the uh, district attorney years ago, and he said, yeah, we're having problems with the uh, drug dealers. They're using the bus stops to exchange drugs. So, you know, the one guy will get on a bus stop downtown, another guy will get at Midtown, and he's got the dope, and he sits down next to the guy from downtown. They make the exchange, and they get off at different spots. And, you know, the police can't trail them. I mean, it's hard to do, and that's how they do it. <clears throat> so this is a lot of problems coming coming our way, and it, it's just this left-wing lunacy that's, that's not stopping. That's why I said earlier, you got to vote. Everybody's got to vote. you got to get out and vote, and you have to stop and think about what you're voting for. And you can't look at the personalities. You have to look at the at the programs and the principles. That's what counts. It's not whether or not you like Biden or whether or not you like Trump. Who cares? Just get something done that's meaningful and productive. It's not inflationary. It helps us as a people, and it's good for health care and all those things that we need. Uh, I think that we'll be okay, Ken, but I think it's going to be rough for a few years. That's that's my that's my story. I think it's going to be rough. Well, by the way, I am Dr. Bill, and we do have a medical practice, and I'm not going anywhere, even though the building's owned by somebody else. I'm leasing back, and I'm at 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. And you know, Ken, surprisingly, the practice is still growing. I mean, here I am at this stage of life, and my practice is getting bigger. Well, then take a nap. You're going to need it, Doc. I'm, I'm going to go take one right now, Ken, and I love you guys, and thank everybody for being with us, and let's get out of here. See you next week, Doc. See you, buddy. Thank you for listening to Dr. Bill, your radio MD. 
Join Dr. Bill every Sunday morning at 9 for more insight, information, provocation, and fun. Dr. Bill Handelman practices in St. Petersburg, Florida at Bay Area Medical Can Care Clinic, 6399 38th Avenue North. For your convenience, telemedicine appointments are available. Call his office today at 727-384-6411. That's 727-384-6411. Or visit his website at Can Care Clinic. 